Well, good morning. I love that video. When we chose that video, it was because it had so much energy. You know, it's like, man, let's go is actually a really good message, right? It's like we've been waiting and waiting and waiting and holding back and not assembling and not gathering and wearing masks and all that stuff for so long. It's like, okay, are we just ready just to go to say, okay, Lord God, just lead us when we trust you. Now, we still want to be safe. And I love Lynn Marie's prayer where she was talking about, you know, it's just because we changed a calendar day or into a calendar year, it does not magically mean that everything that we've been challenged with in this past year is going to go away, right? So it doesn't mean that it's not without precaution and, 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 and really making wise decisions. However, what I don't want to do is go into this year being reactive. What I would really like for us to focus on beginning today is what am I, what are we proactively going to do to advance the kingdom of God this year? There are a lot of reasons not to gather, a lot of reasons to hold back and stay back, but there are also more reasons why we should trust and advance safely, but proactively. So let's go is a very good message. Now, how are we going to do that? It may look different than any way that we've ever done it before. But that's what we're going to figure out. It's what we're going to create and we're going to begin today. So our message actually beginning today is reconnect. It's last week we were talking about redirecting. You know, we've been, we've been heading in one direction as a nation, as a people. As a, and so it's like, okay, let's redirect our focus. Let's redirect our energy. Let's, it's time for just a turnaround. And now today I really want to talk about reconnecting. Reconnecting with God, reconnecting with each other, and reconnecting with purpose. Because we're either going to live by default or design. Somebody else is going to determine all of our movement, all of our actions, all of our decisions, or we are going to proactively sit down and say, okay, in the name of Jesus, what are we going to do this year? What are we going to accomplish? And so I, I don't want us just to sit back and wait. I want to sit down with God, with our faith, with Jesus and say, okay, what are we going to do, right? And so that's the point of today's message. So let's get into it. In his kindness, this is in 1 Peter. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. It's like God is waiting to restore, waiting to support, waiting to strengthen. I know there's a lot going on now in First Peter. All of the stuff that they were facing was external. External pressure coming into the church, coming into their homes, coming into their individual lives. A lot of them were afraid that they could lose their life, lose their job, or, or lose other things that were important to them. And so he's like, I just want to encourage you. You're going to need each other. And, 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 and I know that you've been suffering. However, God is looking to restore. He's looking to support. He's looking to strengthen. And if you'll open up to him and say, okay, God, I, I need more of you right now than ever before. He is proactively longing, waiting, wanting, right, to restore. Now, in 1 Peter he was writing to these churches where all the pressure was coming from the outside. In 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians, all the pressure was coming from inside. Internal pressure, internal strife. People were arguing and they were 
you know, pointing fingers at other people. And so Paul comes in and he says, okay, we need to stop this inner bickering. And so he says, we're glad whenever we are weak, but you are strong. And he's talking about himself. Look, I'm, I'm wanting to give myself completely to you. And our prayer is that you may be fully restored. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. And so I love this passage because he's like, listen, God wants to fully restore us. He wants us to, to unite. He wants us to gather. He wants us you know, to decide how are we going to love, encourage, and support each other. So strive for full restoration. And we may have to be creative in the way that we go about it. But that is our goal. Is that I, we're, we're kind of fragmented and we're different and we're apart. And, and things have, you know, have separated and not, not even of, of our own choosing. But our, our aim, our goal, all of our energy should go into restoration. And encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. Any of you been depressed over the last year, even if it was for a day or for a weekend or for a month or a season, okay? Any of you feel like, man, I'm just, I just don't feel connected. Anybody felt like that? Well, if you're feeling like that, don't you know somebody else is? So we can all sit back and say, you know what? Nobody's reached out to me. Nobody's called me. I have my feelings hurt. I think I may just do something else or go they don't love me or we can say well who have I reached out to who have I called who have I proactively said how are you doing because I love you and I'm just calling to check on you this is what I know for sure those of you who are proactive at reaching out to other people have all your needs met those who are waiting often are disappointed so Christianity is this very proactive, you know, search for restoration, striving for, proactively. And so this is what I want to encourage you to do. And there's been a lot of reasons why, you know, we've all been separated. Reconnect, connect back together, reestablish a bond, communication, or emotion. Because emotions do play a lot of, you know, of it. So I just started thinking, what are all the different ways that the climate in our country and in our city has kept us from connecting to each other. And so here are a few. One, I mean, if this is us, if this is First City and our logo, our worship services have been impacted, right? And so when it first started way back in March, we didn't meet for several months. When we got back together, you came in and we had a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, barriers for pews you can't sit on this pew this pew this pew and, and we social distance and our numbers have dramatically you know gone down and so uh, and, and even now we're wearing masks and, or it should be wearing masks and we're being separated and we're keeping our distance because people continue you know to get COVID it continues to continue and we're doing it because we want to keep everybody else safe but our worship services have been impacted by this uh, Gulf Breeze to Pensacola has been impacted. This represents a broken bridge. <laughs> but it's so true. You know, what was a 20-minute, 22-minute drive for my wife going from where we live, you know, to where she works is now over an hour, 
right? And so it's, it's like, the, because of the bridge, we don't, it's, it, why, it's hard. It's like, I don't even want to spend the hour going around to get here, when, for, even for church. You know, it's going to, church is going to last 50 minutes, maybe 55 minutes, and then, you know, it's going to take me two hours to get there and get home. It's just easier to watch online. And I'm not, listen, for those of you watching online, I'm grateful. It's, it's not like that's an unwise decision. It's just that it's been impacted. And so we're, we're, we're going to have to have this year, even for our small groups, we're going to have to have a Gulf Breeze strategy and a Pensacola strategy. When typically we've wanted a, a United strategy, right? And so we're going to have to find ways to to reconnect even if the bridge isn't. And don't we want that to happen quickly? Right? Okay. Personal relationships. It's like we, we, there are a lot of people who gathered and gathered and gathered and went, would meet for lunch and, hey, where do you want to go? And let's go to Chicken Salad Chick or Nukes or some of the women right now just went, oh, man, that's where we're eating lunch. And they're just nudging there. Or, or uh, just gathering, right? Meeting. But we haven't been doing that as much because we, we've been nervous or afraid for somebody else's health. And so we'll just talk on the phone. How are you doing? People used to cook meals and take them over to each other's houses all the time. We've personal relationships. We just have not been able to gather as much. Now, on the other hand, some personal relationships have gotten closer. In the Hazel family, I have three siblings. So there are four of us. And between the four of us, we have uh, a, lot of, a lot of children, and eight of our children are married. Two of them newly married, so they're still honeymooning. But of the other six, four of them have gotten pregnant this past year. <laughs> so it's like, oh, <laughs> we're at home alone. What should we do? <laughs> One of those that's pregnant is my son and daughter-in-law. Now, they have been trying for 10 years. Nobody knows what they've gone through. If you had to go through a lot in your family to be blessed with children, then you understand some of, maybe even a lot of, or more of what Jonathan and Nicole have been going through. But when they sent us the video, 10 seconds of a beating heart, which really is, and you mothers know, is the voice of God in you. You know, 10 years for 10 seconds is a long time, isn't it? You know, so we're just celebrating. So some personal relationships have gotten closer, but a lot have been negatively affected just because of all the stuff going on. Ministry has been affected. And so it's like, I, I, we used to all get together. We used to, you know, go meet in these places. We used to go visit people in the hospital. You know, there were a lot of ways that we would reach out and do ministry in our community, which we have not really been able to do quite as much or see each other or run after each other as much as we have been or have been used to. And so ministry opportunities and things that we can do to love and support each other in times of need or visit each other when we're sick or when we're in the hospital or all those things have been really put on hold and we're finding other ways to go about doing ministry. Our small groups have been impacted. And I've already talked about that just a little bit. In my small groups, one of them, we moved from personal to uh, Facebook Live. Another one, we moved from being in a house to Zoom meetings. 
And some had to stop meeting altogether. Others went online. Others found creative ways or would get in a large room and sit so far apart, you know, that they were glad to gather. But it's just been impacted, right? People who used to come from Gulf Breeze and Pensacola to get together have and now had that strained. And so a lot of our small groups, even the number of small groups from, we would have 30, 32 small groups and then having 17 small groups, you know, it's like, okay. And even now coming up, we're, we're going to be starting our small groups again back in February. And it's a challenge this year with how are we going to go about really doing that well? And so you'll have to decide what am I going to do really to stay connected with people in the intimacy of small groups and personal relationships. It's just a different way. And our dream teams have been impacted. So we no longer have, you know, uh, all the people outside who were hugging and all that. Our coffee house had to close down. You know, a lot of our, some of our rooms, so a lot of our teams stopped meeting and stopped, you know, gathering and working. And so there are a lot of people who, man, I want to use my gift to serve God. I can't wait for downstairs to open back up or for this to happen. But a lot of our dream teams have changed. And our missions with our lift ministry was dramatically challenged. And so just the way that we go about doing that and, and for our foster care and, and the whole family and the whole community. Now, I'm going to speak more about this because, and I'm just going to plant this as a seed for, you know, the rest of our sermon. In this, in this one right here, it dramatically grew. The impact of this ministry dramatically grew over this last year. And it was a very proactive strategy. And, and God just presented an opportunity. And in spite of all of the challenges, we just said yes. And God did just amazing work. And it, it was different than what was anticipated or planned or budgeted. But it was amazing. And so... This is going to really stand for what God did here as an example for moving forward. But these are all the different ways, and there may be others in your family or in your business or, or your personal life that was impacted because of all of that. But as a church, this is us. Hebrews chapter 10. So let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. This was a big theme in the book of Hebrews. As they were suffering so much because of everything going on in their world, they were really longing for the day when Jesus would come back. And so they're like, he's coming back, he's coming back, he's going to get you, he's going to come for you, hold tight, hold on, it's true, God's promises are true. And so he says, first of all, don't give up the hope that you have, stay real connected to God, real connected to Jesus in challenging times. Why? Because God can be trusted, and he will keep his promises. And so make sure everything else in the world may let you down, but this will never let you down. And so stay connected to that. And think of ways proactively. Don't sit back. Don't wait. You proactively use your energy, use your mind to create ways to motivate each other in challenging times. And don't neglect meeting together. It's worth fighting for. 
And so we are going to find ways to gather. And it may be on Zoom or Microsoft Teams or over the phone or in distancing. It may be here. It, it, it's gonna, but we're going to be creative, but we're not going to stop creating ways to gather because that's the way God designed it. That's the way we motivate, encourage one another to keep moving on in times that are challenging. And so all of this says these three things. Church, which is the, it's not building, it's not brick and mortar. It's the people, it's, it's the believers of God who gather. The church is God's plan to keep hope alive, to remind us God's promises are true, and to keep us connected to each other. Amen? So it's worth fighting for. Amen? So how are we going to do that? How are we going to do that? So I want to give you five things today, just, and then the sermon's going to be yours. Just five proactive things that we can do, you individually can do, or you're going to get with some of your friends and, and decide, what are we going to do to pursue each other for the mission that God has called us to do in our community? And so in here, I'm just going to give you five, and you just start looking at them, start thinking about them, write it down if you need to, and I want you to decide what is the one place where you're going to start. Okay, beginning today. So here's the first one. Run after God. Proactively run after God. And so there, I think, uh, I've just heard people like, I'm just, I don't know what's wrong with me. So tell me more about that. I'm just, I'm not praying as much as I used to. I'm not reading my Bible as much as I used to. I'm not reaching out to people. I just, something's going on inside me. I'm just kind of depressed. I would push through and run after God. Here's what the psalmist said. Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you. In this parched and weary land where there is no water. And David was like, God, I'm searching. He was running from Saul and he was, he was finding himself in a cave and he's hiding and he's miserable and he's scared. But what he longs for more than anything is closeness with God. And I, this, my first prayer is that that is your deepest longing, is that you want more of God in your life and that you're not going to let anybody or anything take you away from the hunger for God. I just think it's rare when we, when we call somebody up or when we talk with somebody and we just say, I really need you to help me give my whole heart to God. We typically will say, I really need you to take me to dinner <laughs> or to go to the mall or I just need to get out. But rarely, when's the last time you said to somebody, I need you to partner with me right now to help me earnestly draw closer to God. Or I just need somebody to pray with. Can we just get together and just open up the word of God and just let him speak to us? When is the last time that, that you did that proactively or, somebody, or that somebody called you and asked the same thing of you? And so this is the first thing we need to do. Run after God. And who are you going to partner with to make that happen? The first one is with Jesus, right? The first one is just with God. And so before I go any further, this has been a while since you've done that. I'm just going to pause. 
And I'm just going to let you just bow your head and have your own prayer. And I want you to make an assessment. Have you with your whole heart longed for God? Have you been earnestly searching? Has your soul thirst? Has your body longed for more of the richness of God? I'm just going to pause. So... If, that, if you feel comfortable, you just have your own prayer. You can do it quietly. Nobody's listening. You, you can say it out loud. It does not, but this is your time right now. And if you want, I'll just pray over the top of it, but don't even listen to me. Offer up your own prayer. Oh, Lord. As the psalmist said, as the deer pants for water, so my soul longs for you. In our dry and weary land, if we have everything but you, we still have nothing. We long for more of you. Right now, listen to the prayer of your people who are crying out for more of you. We don't even want to move from here if we can't start with just you. Answer the prayers that are going up before you right now out of this room. Lean in with your Holy Spirit into their hearts and their lives. Surround us with your holy angels and protect us from the enemy. Create in us a clean heart, O oh God, and a longing for more of you. And bring to our minds right now Someone who will help us to have more of you. Someone who will keep us from being distracted and focus us in. And thank you for allowing us to lay these prayers before your throne. We can come with boldness because you are a gentle and kind God. We love you. In Jesus' name. Right? So that's our, that's our beginning place, right? And that feels good. That kind of prayer just feels good. And so keep that. This is why we do our 21 days of prayer. And, and it's starting next week. And so it's prayer and fasting. Now, Savannah's announcement was perfect. If it's been a, a while since you fasted or if you've never fasted, we're going to have some information on our website. You can go and, and there's a cover page where it talks about our theme for this 21 days. And every day it's going to be, today I choose, and it's a different word each day. Today I choose joy. Today I choose kindness. Today I choose love. Or whatever. It's going to be a different word each day. And so each day stands on its own. And it's a choice. You begin it in the morning. And, uh, and, and you'll have your prayer time. And, and, and I've tried to make it very easy. All I did was try to pull off from the internet just big ideas about what each theme is. What is joy? What is kindness? What is peace? And, and just a, a one paragraph about what that is and then how it's going to show itself. And then just a, a simple prayer. God, today I choose to find joy in everything. And it's just, you have 20, just the 12 hours, the 16 hours that you're alive and engaging our community and your family. Find joy in everything. That's enough for the day. One thing all day. And then the next day, we'll choose another one. 
And then we'll take those 21 days and offer it up to God. But running after God, creating in me, God, a heart that longs for more views. That's number one. Number two, proactively reach out. Proactively reach out. And start thinking, okay, what am I going to do to look beyond myself? And and we've already said this. If if you've been waiting on someone to call and encourage you, more than likely there are others who are waiting for the same thing. So just you be the one that reaches out. You be the first one to make a phone call. Right now, write down three people you know you should be calling and encouraging. Just tell them, I love you and I miss you. You know, so just who, who are they? And just proactively begin to reach out. So search out and welcome one another to God's glory. Jesus did it. Now you do it. Jesus, staying true to God's promises, reached out in a special way to the Jewish insiders so that the old ancestral promises would come true for them. As a result, the non-Jewish outsiders have been able to experience mercy and to show appreciation to God. This is in Romans. Like, Jesus didn't sit back and wait for everybody to get to him. He's like, they don't even know how. And so he left heaven and came and proactively sought us out and said, if you'll follow me, I'll take you home. And so reach out. Who are you going to reach out to? Where are you going to begin? And and start with, you know, your friends and then move out to other people. And just, okay, what am I going to do missions-wise, friendship-wise, family-wise? What am I going to do proactively to begin reaching out to people who I know need encouragement? So that's number two. Here's number three. Be resourceful. Be resourceful. And, and this one, it, in my mind anyway, is, is conceptual in nature. Because we're all like, well, what do you mean be resourceful? Well, what is it that God has given you? Because he's equipped us all differently. And so I don't have a one-size-fits-all solution here. And, and it's like, okay, how am I going to be resourceful? Well, what has God put in your hands? And so this is what... Uh, this is what we have. But Moses protested again. What if they won't believe me or listen to me? This is not Hebrews 10. This is actually in, in Exodus. What if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? Then the Lord asked him, what is that in your hand? So if you remember the story of Moses, he had already run away because he had murdered a man and somebody discovered it. And so he was running for his life. He was afraid, ran out of the wilderness and was herding goats. In a safe place with his uncle. And all of a sudden, God came to him and he said, I've got something that I want you to do. And Moses is like, you got the wrong man. And God said, take off your shoes, you're standing on holy ground. And so he did. He saw a burning bush and it was not burning up. And a voice was coming out. And he was like, Moses, I'm calling you. You're going to lead my people. And Moses is like, do you know who I am? Do you know what's been going on, Lord God? Not me. And he's like, well, they're not going to believe me. They're not going to answer me. They're not going to respect me. And, and what if they, what, if they, what am I going to say to them? And God says, what is that in your hand? And do you remember, what did he have in his hand? A staff. What did he ask him to do with a staff? Throw it down. And what happened? It turned into a snake. And Moses, like my wife, screamed, you know, and, and hates snakes. And God said, grab it by its tail, (laughs) which was probably the hardest thing for Moses to do. And when he did, what happened to the staff? The snake, it turned back into a staff again, right? And so here, this is the conceptual part. What is it in your hand? What has God given you? 
And what has he given you as a resource that you can use to advance the kingdom of God? So I was just, this morning, because I was just praying over my message, I was sitting at my desk, and I just started writing down different ones in the Bible. And this is what I wrote down. For David, it was a slingshot. He got to exercise his belief in God and use a slingshot to advance the, the armies of Israel. Samson used his strength. Solomon used his wisdom. Moses used his staff. Esther used her beauty. Abraham used his faith. Just pick up and go to a land that I will show you. And the Bible says, in hope against hope, he believed. And God used his faith to do amazing things and to begin a new kingdom, a new body of people. It, uh, Isaiah used his vision of a better future and of a Messiah that was to come. Jeremiah used his compassion. He just hurt for hurting people. And he longed to see them be restored. Peter, James, and John hungered for the truth. Paul used his influence. Lydia used her prayer life. The shepherds and Nicodemus used their curiosity. Mary and Martha used their hospitality. Luke used his brilliant mind. What are you going to use? What is in your hands? How has God equipped and gifted you? For some of you, it's just knowing how to bake a really good chicken pot pie. Or apple pie, I hear Judy makes very well. Right? Or it's just baking. You know, for others, it's just your smile. It's just that when you show up or you make a phone call, People just are delighted because you have that kind of spirit personality that when you show up, everything just gets better. For some of you, it's your generosity. For some of you, it's a talent with, with telling a joke like Vic. Most of them are bad, but they make people laugh, <laughs> right? It's just what is in your hands? What is God going to use? How has he equipped you to reach out and bless somebody else? And more than likely, you know what it is. If you don't know what it is, offer up another prayer and God will show you. He'll make it clear to you what your gift is. And use your resources for him. Here's number four. Engage more than your tribe. Well, what do I mean by that? Well, we tend to gather with people that we hang out with, right? They're our own age. And so I, I love the fact that you guys sit down front. You don't know how much of an encouragement that is to me. Just to see the, the, the young people, this brilliant energy in our church just sitting down here because they hunger more for God. And I've really only spent one night with you guys. Remember? You remember, Zach. And, we, and, uh, and I'm just in awe of who you are and how you live your life and your passion for more of the things of God and your unwillingness to let me get away with saying things that are not accurate, you know, numbers-wise or, or English-wise. But, but when, when, when you encourage me, it just... And you, when you encourage each other and the way that you've served after a hurting community and just with your passion, you do everything from helping to set up all of these decorations, you know, to serving foster families, to running after people in your community. It's just, I'm amazed by you. And it's not that I'm not amazed by you, right? And so, but engage more than your tribe. And so it's like we have people who are, 
you know, older ladies who get together. Well, who else can you include in? What else can you do? Older men who have gotten together. Our wise men, just one of the most beautiful groups of our church is so blessed by having those men. And all they hunger for is more of Jesus. And they find ways to demonstrate that every chance they get. But engage more than your tribe. How are we going to begin reaching out to other people? Look at what he said in Hebrews 15. Just think of all the scriptures that will come true in what we do. For instance, everything that I have in yellow was an Old Testament promise that was not fulfilled yet. And they're like, just think. Then I'll join outsiders in a hymn sing. I'll sing in your name. This was a reference to the Gentiles coming into the church and it just started to happen and they're the ones who made it happen. And this one, outsiders and insiders rejoicing together. And again, people of all nations celebrate God. All colors and races give hearty praise. They witnessed that happen for the very first time. And it's like, man, when we begin to reach out to other groups, other people, other than just our normal clan... God begins to do amazing things. So who are we going to reach out to? What are we going to do differently? And so let's not just stay within our own little groups. Well, I got everything that I need because I got my group. That's good. But let me tell you something better. Your group ought to reach out to another group or somebody different outside only for the purpose of blessing them. And God's like, when you do that, amazing things begin to happen. And then finally, Say yes whenever possible. Say yes whenever possible. Say yes whenever possible. Say yes whenever possible. Let's just practice saying yes. Say yes whenever possible. You've already heard me talk about this. I feel like an old beating drum. But I watch God just do one of the most amazing things in all my years in ministry with our lift ministry. And... He did it through Jesse. And it was so amazing what he did. Because everybody was separating. Everybody was in isolating, isolation. People were hurting. Families were hurting. We can back this away. I will use this scripture. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. And so we can back this up. Thank you, Tyler. And so when we started this year, we were like, okay, what are we going to do? And there are a lot of families that are hurting. And so we said, one family said, you know what we really need more than anything is just a meal. We can't get out. We got all of our kids. We can't go anywhere. And we just need a meal. And we said, okay, we're going to feed people. And we're like, we didn't budget for that. And how much would it cost us to feed all the foster families in four counties? And like, we don't have enough money to do that even once. And to her credit, Jesse said, I don't care. God's calling us to do it. We have to find a way. And so we said, how much money do we have? And I said, well, we have $3,000. And the first meal was over 6000 on its own. I think it was closer to 8000 Sometimes I get numbers mixed up. But I know it was at least double what we had budgeted and it was almost like God came back and said, 3,000. <laughs> that's cute. That's just so, that's so good for you. Tell you what, you just keep that on the side. And all you do is say yes, and I'll help you. I'll lead it. I'll do it. 
And so the first meal was paid for. We didn't use our 3,000. And then all of a sudden people found out, wait, what are you doing? Can we help? And more than enough money for another meal. So we're like, okay, we're doing it again. We did it two weeks later. And people, or other people found out, can our restaurant be a part of that? Uh, yeah, you want to do that? Yes. And so another restaurant and more money, another restaurant and more money, another restaurant and more money. You know what the restaurants are talking about? I heard this one from Fort Walton. You know, people were like looking at our restaurant and they're like, how are you surviving when we're all dying? And, they had, and this is what he said, lift. They're like, what is that? Well, we're involved in the foster care community. You want to save your restaurant? Get involved. I'm like, how did we get here? And I, I, I'm just going to conservatively say tens of thousands of dollars that we did not have. God provided every bit of it. You know when we used the $3,000 that we originally set aside? During the Thanksgiving meal. And we did it because we said we wanted to help pay for it. What God did was amazing. Because one person said, I don't know how we're going to figure it out. But we're going to do it in a tremendous act of faith. And I'm telling you, what God is already bringing up for 2021 is bigger than what we have imagined. And guess what we're going to say? Yes. We're going to say yes. Because God has already been faithful. And we've witnessed it. Now we believe it. And we're acting on it. Do you want to join us? It's worth it. Can I pray with you? I'm sorry for going over. God bless you. Let's pray. Lord God, we're about to go to communion. We're about to walk outside these doors. And there's a little emblem. It's just of two things. A little, a, a little piece of cracker. A little thing of juice. What it symbolizes is all of the power that rose Jesus from the dead. And all you're saying is, if you will just take in more of me, eat and drink more of me, I will do amazing things in you.